Welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast, where we believe that you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we are here to help you make that happen. The time is right now for us to break free of conditioned habits that are holding us back from living a life that is abundant and fulfilling. I'm bringing you all of my insight on meditation, mindfulness, and spiritual growth to help you expand your mind and live the dreams that you've always wanted. You'll also be hearing from top leaders in the beauty industry as well as in the health and wellness fields. These experts are going to be bringing you wisdom to integrate into the Limitless movement. I'm your host, Kelly Mason, and if you are as excited as I am, Plug in your headphones, tune out the outside world, and take this time to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode number 38 of the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. This episode, I have a special guest on Gerard Scarpacy. He's one of the co-founders of a company called Hairbrained, and it is one of the coolest companies that we have in the beauty industry that's gone international and really started from becoming an online platform. In this episode, I talked to Gerard a little bit about his come up story, where he started and what kept driving him to get to that next level of his career path and opening up doors and opportunities at a time where there wasn't even really you know, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all of this interconnective web. And he slowly and surely kept taking opportunities and turning them into the next step. It's really interesting to have a conversation with hairdressers who are pre-Instagram and pre, you know, looking at a follower count and all of this and um, having a conversation with someone who's using that to fuel their their big business that's going to eventually make such a huge impact on the industry, the way that it operates, the way that it works, the way we consume, the way we um, get education. And it's, it's such a unique perspective. What I'm really interested about talking to Gerard about, and I think you will too, is his meditation practice and how that came about how it has impacted his career moving forward, um, his life, and what that changed in his mindset and how he operates. It's really cool to hear other people's stories about finding a path that opens up something inside of you much more than just the physical goals and reaching that next level, especially goal-oriented people who are you know, unconsciously competent on how they are achieving. So it's really cool to see someone go from, you know, being in a Vidal Sassoon world into the Aveda world, into education and becoming very successful and not really knowing exactly what it is. They just know that they work hard and they really stay focused. But what is it that is happening in the mind that's really propelling you forward with this amazing momentum at a very high level of success. So he talks about how he found meditation about four years ago and his mentor and and what that looked like and what that changed. Um, We all know that when we're on this path of life and we get to a place where 
we need more, the only place to go is inward. So I'm super pumped for you to hear Gerard talk a little bit about the metaphysical stuff that we're all so interested in right now as hairdressers because we're looking for that next step. We're looking for that next place in the physical world, but we're also looking for that sustainability and that um, foundation to really lean into as we develop these phases of our lives. So great insight in this episode. I would really invite you to plug in and tune out and just listen and have an open mind to what he's saying because he has a lot of really great advice and has been in just about every corner of this industry. And you could learn so much just by listening to this episode if you're on a path where you're ready to get going. This episode is brought to you by the Limitless Collective. This is the newest offering from Limitless Hairdresser, and it is an inspiring membership community based all online where you can meet, connect, and grow with other like-minded hairdressers in the industry that are looking to grow their businesses in a more conscious way without all the grind and hustle. Slowing down can sometimes mean speeding up, and in this membership, we're going to share with you the biggest secret that has ever been found, and that is this. Success is an inside job. In order to become successful in the physical world, land that awesome job that you are looking for as an educator, start working with brands that you really wanted, attract your perfect ideal clientele, build a salon team that you will blow your mind because they're so successful and so happy, This membership is for you. We're looking for hairdressers who are ready to go inward, ready to have deeper conversations and do the work that it takes to get you to the next level. In order to do that, we've got to push past the boundaries that we've set in our minds that are limiting us from getting to the highest level that we possibly can. So if this sounds interesting to you, head over to LimitlessHairdresser.com, click on the button that says Limitless Collective and check us out. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or send us a message via email. If you have any questions at all, we want to help and support you on your life's path. Hey, Gerard, and welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. How are you today? Oh, very well. Thanks. Pleased to be here. Yeah, this is super exciting. I'm really pumped to have you on and uh, share a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are through your your personal journey, your business journey, all the things. So Awesome. I'm excited to share. Cool. So why don't you share a little bit with the people listening um, what you do, what you do for a living now and a little bit of your, your story. Well, I'm, I'm a hairdresser, um, been a hairdresser now for almost 30 years. Um, I still work behind the chair one day a week and the rest of the time I, um, work kind of behind the scenes and sometimes in front of the scenes, um, with the hairbrain community, which I co-founded with Randy Taylor almost 10 years ago. Um, and that's a community that I always like to think of it as a utility for hairdressers, for inspiration, education, uh, connectivity. You know, we are very present online and in social media. We also host live events um, and we distribute professional tools. Um, We create lots of content and educational um, resources. Um, We've got a video awards. So we've got lots of things going on to, you know, really support our fellow hairdressers. 
I love it. I love Hairbrain. It's so cool that you guys have created this space that is kind of all encompassing. It's like a hairdresser hangout. It's like, yeah, everybody that's, come that was kind of, you know, that was the original <laughs> idea when, um, Randy and I met, um, he was part of the team at Aveda. I was an art director at Aveda at the New York Academy and Randy was part of the education team. And this was like around, you know, mid 2000s, really 2006, 2007. And, um, the idea behind Hairbrained was to help everybody have that same experience that he was having. You know, he was able to travel to New York frequently and be part of everything and uh, in person. But we said, he, he really said, hey, through, you know, online and digital and this new thing called social, maybe we can give this experience to everybody that, that wants it. And yeah. that's, that's what it was. Yeah, Totally. That's awesome. Because I live up here in Michigan. So sometimes it's hard to access, you know, this like, education I always dreamed of when I was in beauty school that was in New York and LA and you saw this just what you guys call craft hairdressing and I'm like wow and we've got like you know we had some stuff but we're in like the salon centric stores in the back room taking classes and stuff taking whatever we can get so it's so cool that there's that resource like there's no excuses anymore it's like wherever you are whatever you're doing you can always have access to like really high quality education so that's really cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm really pleased that, you know, we've been able to be a part of that, you know. So that's uh, you know, something that I'm really proud of. So how did you guys come up with this idea? What is it was it like um like an inspired thought you just had one day or was it like a long-term kind of like hey, I've got this idea and then it kind of stopped or was it like a really quick manifestation? I think it was somewhere between both of those. I mean, you know, the honest I the honest truth was Randy was coming to New York and having these experiences and getting connected to the people that I knew from my long career, working with lots of different brands. And I think it was, you know, he was a bit, um, he's got a photography and videography background as well as being a hairdresser. And he was kind of connected to technology. And I think, you know, it sparked in his mind that, you know, he was seeing what was happening with social media and he was like, maybe we could kind of give people this feeling through social media. And I, I was just, you know, really focused on being a in the real world educator and hairdresser. And I didn't have much technology background. So he kind of, he dug into it and he had a nephew that was a developer. And, you know, it probably took about two years from the idea to probably launching the first, you know, harebrained platform. Um, you know, and Randy and his nephew brought the tech side and then I brought the connectivity and for lack of a better word, marketing side, because mm -hmm. I was able to reach out to all the people that I knew and spread the message of, of what this thing was. Yeah, what so it, it, it took a few years to get it off the ground. Yeah. And it's so funny because sometimes from the outside looking in, we're like, oh, it's so big and look at yeah. all this success people have so quickly. And yeah, no, it's been 10 years. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, again, I would say, you know, in the past eight months or so with the explosion of, you know, what we've been doing on Facebook Live and then our own HB Live um, Academy, which has had, you know, a lot of promotion. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, in their minds, it's like this happened in a year because that's what they've seen. But it's it's been 10 years. Did you always kind of think that you were going to create a business aside from being a hairdresser behind the chair or an educator? Was that something you're interested you know, I mean, in? 
pretty early in my career. You know, when I, I started as an apprentice at Sassoon when I was 18, and by about 23, I was out from behind the chair full time because I transferred to the Sassoon Academy to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, uh, full time, I wasn't taking clients in the salon. I was working in the Sassoon Academy. So I started to see that there were other avenues within the industry um, that you could pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did realize pretty early, you know, but then after, you know, after doing that teaching till I was about 29 or 30, I actually opened a salon and put myself back behind the chair. Um, and you know, I was doing 50 clients a week for years, um, until I was about 36 or 37. And then I went back full time into, uh, more of the education world. Although I've always done, you know, at least one day a week of clients ever since then. So yeah, there's tons of, you know, there's so many avenues that you can take in this industry once you see that they're out there. Definitely. Okay. So you kind of hopped around a little bit education or behind the chair, education, salon owner, mm-hmm. like what prompted the shifts in your career path? Did you get bored or were you like, I just want something more? Were you like seeking, seeking like something bigger? Yeah. I mean, all of that, you know, I mean, I definitely find that like every five years in my career or I guess any career, you need to take on new challenges and I don't like to get too complacent. I think if you feel really comfortable, you're, you know, probably in trouble. Um, and you know, you're either growing or you're shrinking. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was always trying to take on different challenges because I know you just can't stand still. Um, yeah, so without a doubt, you know, all of those things, to be honest with you, propelled me to constantly challenge and and look for new avenues. Yeah. So you became a teacher pretty quick, two years Mm -hmm. after being behind the chair? About four years. Four years? Uh, Yeah. I, you know, I went through the Sassoon apprenticeship. I was working on the salon floor and, you know, Fifth Avenue and 59th Street in Manhattan by the time I was like 19. And I started to do education for the apprentices, which was kind of the Sassoon way. Um, and then I pretty early on in that, I met Stephen Moody, who was the um, top education person for Sassoon in the U.S. at the time. And he said, you know, I think you've got kind of a natural talent. You should think about becoming a full-time educator. So I did. <laughs> you were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I reached out to uh, Gordon and I was like, oh, you know, I really would love to do something with you guys and Hairbrain. It's so awesome. And with Limitless Hairdresser, like the premise of it was exactly what you're talking about. It's like, there are so many unlimited possibilities for hairdressers now. We we don't even have an excuse anymore to be complacent or to feel like we're not making enough money um, or feel like we're, you know, stuck. There's so many opportunities. Um, can you share with us a little bit about, like, the process that you've had to go through to just believe in the fact that you can do it? Like, starting Hairbrain, like that's a huge venture being like, you know what, let's start this online community that no one's ever done before. Like Mm. how, how, what does that feel like? What does that look like to you creating that? Like having just like the start to, to create. Yeah. I, you know, I'd say for me, like, I guess one of the things I learned early being a teacher is not to be afraid to fail Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, you can call those your discoveries and that's how you get better. 
so I guess, you know, my career path made it easy for me to, to try new things because, you know, it, as basic as trying to learn, you know, a new graduated Bob technique or something. I know the first time or the first dozen times you do it, you're not going to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you accept that and you say, oh, it's okay, I'm going to start again. And you just think, I learned a little bit from the previous time and I'm going to get better and better. And that's just the way I've treated everything in, you know, from little things like creating a content to, I, I, I don't believe in perfection. I just believe in excellence. Mm-hmm. So if I did my best and I tried mm-hmm. to do the best that I could and I failed, that's okay. Just do it again and do it again and do it again, which, uh, you know, all these years later is really the, um, foundation of meditation practice as well, at least for me. It started for me in a, you know, a way that I I love telling the story. You know, I was, um, I I started meditating about four years ago. Um, I was doing an interview with Michael Gordon from Bumble and other things, but the original founder of Bumble and Bumble, I was doing a little interview for a Facebook live and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, driven business guy. I want to learn from, you know, who I consider one of the most successful hairdressers in modern times, um, Michael Gordon. And I'm asking him, okay, like what was your secret of success? You know, going from being a salon owner to, uh, you know, global owner of a brand that became a household name, which unfortunately you just don't see that happening so much anymore, especially not for hairdressers. Um, and I thought he was going to give me some you know, really complicated answer. You leverage your assets and you (laughs) did it. And he, you know, he sat there quietly and he like, you know, listened to my question and he just said meditation. Mm. I, you know, I think that my key to my success has been meditation. And I was just like, I was blown away. I was, you know, something I'd heard of and thought about in the past and knew that it was important, but, you know, maybe in more of a spiritual way or, you know, um, I didn't realize it could have such practical applications. And I asked him, like, can you explain that? And he said, well, you know, when you're someone who meditates and develop the practice, um, one of the things that I can tell you is you can see things more clearly for what they really are, mm-hmm. not what you want them to be. And in business, if you're always putting these perceptions of things that maybe aren't really true you're not seeing the truth then you can't make the right decisions. And, you know, when you have some mindfulness and some space, you can actually process things as how they're really happening. Maybe not judge them as good or bad, or, you know, this is what I really want, or this is what I really don't want. Just say, this is what the situation is right now. And how do I handle it the best way possible? And, you know, he said he gets, he got that for meditation. So I was like, where do I sign up? Sold. <laughs> yeah. Sold. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. So do you use like an app? Do you have a teacher? What does that look like for you? You know, pretty much right after he, that same day I went home and I started just looking for apps. Googling teachers. Where do I find yeah. meditation teachers? <laughs> and I found, um, I found Headspace from uh, Andy uh, Puddingcomb and right away it was like perfect for me. I mean, the the design of the app, his approach to meditation, the fact that he kind of approached it in a secular way was very uh, right for me. You know, I wasn't really looking for something so spiritual at the time. Um, And, you know, the way that he 
in the app in headspace the way that he kind of takes you through the journey and builds on it it was just so brilliantly designed it sucked me in right away and then it was even a little bit gamified it kept telling me how many minutes i'd done and <laughs> you know so it really sucked me in you know and then from there i honestly i used that exclusively for probably about three years um and then earlier this year I uh, discovered Dan Harris and 10% Happier, which is another app and another. And the thing I like about 10% Happier is it's a lot of different teachers. Um, Sharon Salzberg and all these kind of top meditation teachers from all over the world. So whereas Headspace, which I still love, is focused on just the one teacher, 10% um, Happier, I think there's probably 20 or 15 or 20 different teachers. And he's always adding different lessons from different people. Yeah, um, I use one called Unplugged Meditation. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. So no. this woman named Susie started it. She's from New York City. She used to be a um, fashion stylist and publicist. And yeah. like a lot of us creative people, have <laughs> been turning yeah. into more of like, like what, how can we be better and how can we make our business better? And she right. started leaning into meditation, started this app, Unplugged. And now she has like a studio in New York and a studio in L.A., where basically you just go to the space. It's this beautiful space and they have different teachers coming in and you can just meditate in there. Hmm. Like I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Unplugged meditation. It's amazing. She's brilliant. Um, they have an app too, which is sounds similar to 10% happier one where there's like these amazing teachers from all over the world there. And hmm. you can search like, two minute meditations, go to sleep meditations. Mm. And the, the teachers on there are just really fantastic. So that's a really good one. Good one too. Yeah. I mean, up to this point, I haven't done any actual live classes or any, um, you know, retreats. And I, I really want to, I've, I keep looking to try to find the right one at the right place at the right time. But, you know, other than that, it's, uh, you know, it's a practice I do at home or in hotel rooms or on trains or airplanes and, just try to, you know, try to do it every day. Yeah, totally. How do you feel like, like, can you give me some examples of, because I always find this very interesting. I'm like me, pre-meditation, me, post-meditation practice, like some situations that you've been in or things that you've come up against that you know that that has, you're a different person because of it. Like where before you might be reactive and maybe you really coming from your ego and being like, no. And now you're able to like, like you said, take a step back, see the situation for what it is and maybe act more appropriately for the benefit of your career and like your overall well-being. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time from, you know, uh, home life, you know, uh, discussions with my wife where maybe in the past I might, quickly, you know, think whatever came to mind is what I have to say. I think, you know, that whole thing of like, you know, go with your gut and trust your intuition. And I, I think once you realize that your gut and your intuition is actually not always right, you know what I mean? There's just as much negative chatter and things that are telling you the wrong thing as the right thing. Um, so, and you have that space in your mind where that thing comes to mind, like, I really have to say this right now. It's, my integrity of what I believe, whether that be in personal or professional, working with um, the team at Hairbrain, my partners at Hairbrained, the sponsors we work with. You know, I think in my life pre prior to meditation, I thought 
whatever comes into my mind is what's the right, you know, got to mm -hmm. go with my gut. And then you realize that there's actually all these different voices and emotions and none of them are right or wrong. They're just all floating around and given enough space, you know, and you realize that, hey, maybe in the past when you used to feel compelled to say these things right away and then two hours later you'd scratch your head and say, <laughs> why did I say that? You know, I see it differently or if I would have waited I would have thought about it differently. And, you know, um, one of the things from 10% happier that really helped a lot was, um, you know, key phrases, like when something pops into your head, uh, that, you know, you can say, uh, it's just a thought, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, again, it, it sounds weird because you want to, people really believe, Oh, it's my intuition. I got to go with my gut. And I see that kind of stuff all the time on Instagram, all these little quotes. And I think, Oh no, don't, don't do that. You know, give, give yourself some clarity. Pause. Realize that, yeah. Pause because your intuition is, I, you know, I don't want to put a number on it, but 50% of the time it's wrong and it's leading you in the wrong direction. So those aren't pretty good averages, you know, take a second step back, breathe, yeah. you know, and, and it's just a thought. It's not anything that's, you know, got real weight to it and then there'll be another one and another one and another one yeah the younger generation of hairdressers i've only been doing hair for about 12 years and it's it's like night and day difference from when i started to what exists now and the the hairdressers who are messaging me asking me questions and things it's just so different mm. um it's not really good or bad it's just it's fast it's it's like we want it now and honestly they can have it right now you can get out of school and build a, a full book mm -hmm. in a month if you really wanted to you know the the resources are available for us to for them to do that now it's mm -hmm. it's very different um, yeah which is a good thing and i mean yeah, the thing to consider also is you know when i went to cosmetology school it was cheap i didn't graduate with a whole mm -hmm. bunch of debt um and i and, you know, the cost of living was cheaper. Now everything so much, the whole thing needs to be sped up to a certain degree. It really does. Because you're graduate, you know, you're going now to this fabulous cosmetology school, but it costs $25,000, $30,000. They graduate with a lot of debt. So they need to, you know, the way when I graduated, I had no debt. Mm -hmm. It was like $4,000 or something to go to school. So I could go through this long process and I was young uh, where now I, I, I think it does need to be sped up and I think it's a good thing, but I think if we can use as much, um, technology and the resources to, to put the things that these people need quicker at their access, whether it be online academies, podcasts, videos, you know, and, and also, you know, set an example because sometimes a lot of those areas, um, people that are taking advantage of them aren't setting the highest example, mm -hmm. you know, cause the, maybe the best educator is like, and I've heard this recently, you know, Oh, I don't want to give it all away online, you know? So someone else is giving it all away online. Who's not as qualified as you. Mm -hmm. So they've just filled that in. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, what I always say is, you know, that my favorite bands that I, I listen to at home, I still go and see them live. Right. You know, that's the thing. So, and all these people who chose to give it, give it away online early or on social early, they're the ones who, their classes are all filled. Mm -hmm. And everyone who was, you know, a vetted educator who said, I don't want to give it away. 
they're having a harder time. Mm. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah, totally. So talking about Instagram, what do you think the like, what do you think the future of Instagram is going to be? It's changed so much already in the past couple of years. And like, we kind of started off by just, it was like hair pictures, right? Everyone was just posting hair. It's like a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And then came in where we had the realization in the business podcasts and resources where everyone started to realize, okay, well, we're brands now. We're all personal brands. What do you, what do you think that looks like? What's your, your take on that? Cause I've seen yours kind of change a little bit too, which I really like, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about big picture, like for Hairbrained, our uh, focus is, is going to be on Instagram TV. We think that um, it's a great platform for inspiring, educating, and connecting. I think, you know, from a business point of view, Facebook, which obviously owns Instagram, really wants to take a chunk out of YouTube. Um, and I think that they're trying to find out where to do that. And I think their best potential place to do it is Instagram TV. So I know they're heavily vested into it. So we are. We've started producing some series, regular uh, programmatic series that will be appearing on our Instagram TV. Um, Randy started doing what's called um, profiles where he's going around interviewing kind of in a real intimate way and authentically getting um, from the voice of the hairdressers themselves. And I've started a series called Craft in Session where I go around the country and the world and partner with different hairdressers on a look where I'll cut in their color or I'll cut in their style or we'll cut together. And we're making these kind of similar to back to headspace, these small amounts, like within 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. we can teach you something that's really, really valuable. You know, Mm -hmm. you can take a one week class, which is incredible. You can take a whole day. You can watch something for an hour, but Or what we've seen on Instagram is the one minute super sped up video. Mm -hmm. Now there's some, some, something in between there. I think a 10 minute, you know, video that's got a lot of depth to it. Uh, That's one of the things that we're working on. Um, In my personal, you know, Instagram, I I found, you know, I don't know, last month that it was important for me to start telling my own story um, because I've always tried to keep it very professional and, my own personal page was just about hair that I'd done and maybe classes that I've done. And, you know, um, I don't want other people telling my story for me, especially if they have different agendas, which everyone has an agenda. Mm-hmm. So I just made a decision that, you know, through my own Instagram, yeah, I just found it really important to tell my own personal story. Um, many, many years ago, we used to have a weekly email called the Sunday news where I would write a blog every Sunday, um, about a lot of things, but hairdresser related. And then over time, you know, we found that, you know, that wasn't as we did it for a really long time. It was really successful. It had its time and then it started to peak and I got really exhausted from writing because I'm not a writer and it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just realized through the Instagram, um, kind of posting that I could do these little micro blogs. And as much as I enjoyed the writing, um, I enjoy this more because it's just a few sentences, you know, it's like a haiku or something. Yeah. It's like Instagram Uh, poetry. Yeah. And then trying to find, you know, um, a key phrase that I can just put on the screen that I know is going to get people to read it. You know, I just did one, um, called, um, lifelong failing. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this concept, you know, of lifelong learning, 
which obviously is a, you know, something that everyone gets. And I just put a spin on it that to me, it's really lifelong failing. I think we talked about that earlier here in the broadcast, but I just posted that today, lifelong failing and wrote a few sentences. And then it starts a really interesting dialogue, you know, um, you know, for, for the intelligent hairdresser. Mm -hmm. I love it. I really like that you're incorporating that into your, your personal page. Not that I didn't pay attention to it before, but now I'm like, interested because it's something yeah. that I think that we've been missing for a little bit is that honest honesty and like the yeah, real honest it's like people are looking for an honest conversation instead of the you know the perceived reality of mm. of people behind the screen Right. And not that we need, not every single person needs to go on there and spill their whole, whole guts. I think you made a post about that too. Yeah. Which too was, personal. Yeah. yeah. Too personal. And I'm like, you know, me being like, my platform is very open and very, you know, for lack of better words, it's more rooted in spirituality because mm -hmm. spirituality has gotten like this weird where people are like, I'm not, I don't know, spiritual and business. I'm like, spirituality is just getting in touch with yourself and your feelings and who you really are and being the best version of yourself, being your spirit, being your soul, being whole. And um, so mine is a little bit deeper, but not necessarily, you know, coming back to that whole thing again, it's like, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Not right. everybody has to do, you don't, there's no should you, this isn't what you should do. It's like, do what you want to do. Yeah. And I think we get kind of lost in that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a way of using social media where you test. I mean, I just met a few weeks ago with all the Goldwell National Educators uh, to talk about, you know, how they could do better on social media. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, write down five different approaches, whether it be uh, humorous or philosopher or mm -hmm. transfer, you know, and over the next couple of weeks, try a few of each posts and, and then look at the insights and see what responds best. And, you know, that's one way that's a real business. So it's like testing, you know, yeah. and then go with the ones that work the best based on the insights or screw it. Just do what, what you love. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. There there's really no wrong way. It's like right. you either have a real deep strategy or you just be yourself and stop trying to think about it so much. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I think that that's something that's really important is just being who you are. Yeah. And it's like, why is that so hard? <laughs> why is that so well, hard for so many people? I think it's hard because people get a lot of co conflicting messages from themselves. Uh -huh. I think, you know, there's I, – I read a book called The Untethered Soul, which is a great, great book. Great book, Michael yeah. Singer. Love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the big realizations I had there, I don't remember what he calls it, but I kind of called it like the passenger, mm -hmm. that there's always this voice in your head that isn't you, mm -hmm. you know, and it isn't you because you can hear it. So you don't need to talk to yourself that way. So <laughs> that voice isn't always telling you the right thing. You know, I think that that's a complicated thing for people to realize, you know, that like, and that goes back to that's what meditation helps you get the space between that voice that you realize that, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good and you don't always need to listen to it. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it, what it wants is it always wants your attention yeah, no matter what. So it's mm -hmm. like, and he makes a point in the book of saying, imagine you had to live with this person in reality. I want you to visualize this person sitting with you all day, every day within a day or two, you'd strangle them. Bye. They, yeah. <laughs> they're going to tell you it's too hot. I'm too cold. Mm -hmm. You know, she loves you. She hates you. 
you're you're making too much money. You're not making enough money. It's like it as long as you're giving your attention to this passenger, that's all it wants. Mm -hmm. So it's not always that voice in your head isn't always right. And at least that for me has been the most powerful thing. Yeah, that's that's really totally on point. And I mean, at the at the core of it, it's your ego. And yes. it's it you know the the ego is something that people get so confused about because they're like ego is bad. I'm like ego isn't bad. You just can't let it control you. Right. You have to expand your consciousness, heighten your awareness enough to know who is running the show here, who's driving the bus, right. who's making the choices. Is it the things that you've experienced that you've created a story about, or is it what you truly want and desire? And we get right. so wrapped up in that, wrapped up in that because of consumption. It's like mm -hmm. all day long, flipping through, flipping through, reading, reading, you know, experiencing so much consumption that our minds are just like full, filled with stories constantly. So that like you call it the passenger is just like talking your ear off all day long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, meditation has helped to be able to slow that down enough to be aware who is in charge. Right. Yeah. Right. So cool. Um, so why don't you give us, can you give us, I'm going to put you on the spot here, like th mm -hmm. three tips on how to be more mindful in your development of your career. So a hairdresser who's listening and they're like, maybe feeling a little stuck or they're, you know, maybe wanting to go on a new career path, or maybe they're wanting to shift something in their business. What kind of give us three tips on how to be mindful well, in choosing? I mean, for for me, being mindful means to live in the moment mm -hmm. as much as and whenever possible. So, I think you know the first thing to to do that will help there is to realize, you know, how you can get grounded in physical things, like literally, you know, feeling your feet against the ground, mm -hmm. you know, feeling your your breath in and out of your body feeling the sensation of hair between your fingers or a scissor in your hand. I mean, that sounds like so basic, but mm -hmm. if you do that, you know, 10, 15, 20 times throughout the day, you get much more grounded. And when you're much more grounded and focused on the moment, you can think with a lot more clarity and react better. So that would be the first thing that I would say. I mean, the second thing, you know, and that's the goal of meditation. It's not that you sit down for 20, 30 minutes a day or an hour or 10 hours, it's what happens after, mm -hmm. you know, it's how it affects your life so Absolutely. that while you're actually living your life, you still are mindful. Like to me, mindfulness is the end result of the meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the second thing I would say is, yeah, to dedicate yourself to a practice of, you know, whether it's even a minute a day. And again, there's so much great technology out there, apps the you know, again, the ones that I mentioned or the ones that you're suggesting, where you can even just find a minute a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people that do it in the shower. Yeah. You know, because that's the only place they feel like they can do it. I even have a meditation album specifically for hairdressers. So you can go to check that out too. Cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think, I don't know if that's three tips, but that's, <laughs> you know. Those are good. I, I th yeah. I think getting connected to the physical and grounding yourself. And you know what? Taking you know, realizing that we're all busy, but nobody's so busy. Nobody is so busy that you can't take 10 minutes a day for your own mental health and mm -hmm. well-being. And if you are, then you're just really, really destroying yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, realize that 10 minutes a day 
is a lot. And you could even take a minute a day. It's a great start. You know, I have this on my computer, this little note. It's been there for years. Meditate today. I love it. Because I can sit here and work all day long and then go, oh, my God, what happened to my day? But I have that note there that I see. Sometimes I have to see it four or five times before I stop. Mm -hmm. But I do it. Yeah, daily affirmations are so important. I have in lipstick written an affirmation and a mantra on my mirror in my bathroom. My husband probably doesn't even see it anymore. (laughs) It's just like, oh, there's Kelly's weird stuff. But um, every day I'm brushing my teeth, I'm getting ready, I'm looking at it, I'm reading it to remind myself because it's so quick we forget. You know, knowledge doesn't mean anything unless we actively are using it. It's like a throwaway. It's like going to a class and then never practicing the skill that you learned. Right. And unfortunately, that does happen. Yeah, it does. (laughs) A lot. Um, Cool. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Okay. What, What does Gerard's... What's your passenger say to you all the time? What's what's kind of that inner voice that you have to battle? Because we all have something that's like that constant thing where we're like, no, no, no. What's the thing that you yeah. always have to push past? I mean, I have a lot, but you know, I have sometimes the reverse thing. My my inner voice is a really big ego, really big. <laughs> no and way. Tells me, don't worry about what anybody says. Just do what you want to do. Do it your way. Push past. And I have to, you know, so it's maybe, of course, I have the other voice that says, oh, you'll never get this right. Mm -hmm. But more of a problem for me is it just says, just do it, do it however you want, push past it. And, you know, uh, that can be just as much of a problem because you have to Mm -hmm. consider the effects of what you're doing and, you know, how other people are going to perceive it. And you can't just do what that voice tells you to do all the time. Mm hmm. That's really interesting. That's it's interesting coming from a masculine standpoint, which by the way, you're the first guy we've had on the podcast. So hey. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting perspective because a lot of women that I've had on and we talk about these things a lot, especially hairdressers who have even been really successful, like Ruth Roche I had on, and a lot of the things that even people who are really successful who are women are saying to themselves, like, I'm not good enough or I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, it's a lot more like body image and, and kind of cultural suppression stuff that we deal with where men, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Some of the guys that I've talked to um, are like, don't worry about what they think, do what you want to do. And it's a, such a much more masculine approach where mm-hmm. it's almost like we we have to counterbalance each other to us mm-hmm. be more empowered not let ourselves feel suppressed and men like soften and more be more gentle so that's really that's interesting. A, it's a great point yeah that's yin and yang right mm-hmm. so cool all right well i think we covered a lot this was great awesome um i'm gonna go into the quick fire 20 questions okay Okay. So I'll ask, you answer, and we'll keep okay. going unless something's really funny, and then we can talk about it. All right. Favorite bands right now? Um, I love Death Cab for Cutie. Obviously. Uh, you have a shirt on. I've been, yeah, I've been listening <laughs> to Wilco a lot the past couple days. Um, I have so many. I mean, I'm a music junkie, but you know, just in the past couple days, I've listened to Wilco a lot and Death Cab for Cutie a lot, but I could keep going from there, but... I think that's a good start. I think that's kind of you. You've got a good genre. Yeah, it's like a specific genre. What would that be called? Like, 
I call rock and roll. Rock and roll, kind of like emo. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really love that term, but yeah. Uh, okay, what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book by Gay Talese, uh, one of my favorite authors. Um, it's uh, The Voyeur Motel. It's a true story of someone who spent like 30 years running a motel in outside of somewhere in Illinois that he had all these rooms built in above the ceiling so he could watch people. Oh my God. And it's as creepy as that sounds. It's, he was much more because he thought he was like a scientist. He was, it's, that, it's, he was doing a, like a, a research, study, wrote, research project. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's really interesting. The whole thing is just really interesting. And, Gay Talese in general is one of my favorite authors. And um, I just felt like I, you know, I've, I read it all the time and I just felt like I wanted to read some really good writing. Cool. What does your ideal day off look like? Beach. Sitting on the beach, you know, uh, getting up early, walking or riding a bike on the beach, doing some meditation on the beach, drinking tea on the beach, hanging out with my wife and, you know, family on the beach. Everything my- on the beach. Everything on the beach. <laughs> Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have a favorite podcast you listen to? Hairbrained Conversations, of course. Hairbrained. Um, you know, I I was late to the podcast thing. I just didn't get it. I'm like, in a world of video, why would anybody want to listen to a podcast? But, of course, I was wrong. Um, and it's, <laughs> you know, the thing that probably turned me around was listening to Dan Harris has a podcast called 10% Happier. Okay. So I started listening to that. And then, of course, you know, uh, our own harebrained conversations hosted by Gordon Miller. I, I listen to those and, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of it. I've, of course, I've listened to how I built this a few mm-hmm. times. I, I wouldn't say I'm a podcast junkie, but I'm becoming more aware of it. Cool. How long have you been a hairdresser? This is my uh, 30th year, I guess. Yeah. So 30 years. Woo-hoo. Started in 1990, 90, 91. You look so young. Yeah, that's what I they mean, tell me. I mean, you are still young, but. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm I was like, only wow. 18 started, yeah, so true. I'm 57. Cool. You know? um, in one word, how would you describe the hair industry? Complex. Favorite color? I don't really have one. Yeah, Are you I like them all equally. No, but I, <laughs> I like them all. I it's funny when I first was dating my wife, she asked me that question, "What's your favorite color?" and I said the same thing, and that's I don't know, 16 years ago. I don't really have a favorite color. I like them all equally. You should just start saying rainbow. Yeah. Um what's your what's your favorite treasure? Is there something that you keep with you all the time that's like precious? I wouldn't say there's anything I keep with me all the time, but you know, any photos or mementos of, from my mom are important to me. I have them around me. You know, I've picture of my mom right here, pictures all over. So anything that relates to my mother is very precious to me. Do you have a favorite aroma? Um, I, I tend to like more citrusy things. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, that can, you know, that, that can vary when I worked, I also like, you know, some of the more, um, you know, patchouli type things or, you know, y- ylang ylang. A Veda smell? Yeah, a Veda smell for sure. <laughs> but I, I do like citrusy and I do like ylang ylang. Favorite service to facilitate behind the chair and why? 
Well, I specialize in haircutting. So that is the service that I do. Um, so I would say, you know, anything kind of transformational in terms of a haircut, whether that be as small as adding fringe or bangs to someone who doesn't have them or, you know, layering their hair, loosening it up. I mean, I'm, my favorite thing to do is, is, you know, bring out people's natural movement and texture with a great haircut. Cool. Um, favorite food. Uh, I, I'm partial to steak. Steak. I like a, yeah. I like a good steak. I do. Uh, most used mantra. What's something you tell yourself to get past the passenger? Um, you know, there, there's a few of them that, uh, you know, this is a dead end is one of them. Hmm. So when a certain thing that I, I know can start you kind of spinning on that bus that's going to take you for 15 minutes of, you know, just running a storyline in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, I can stop that by saying, you know, this is a dead end. I know where it's going to do. It's just going to take me for 15 or 20 minutes or even longer of who, what, why, when, where, why didn't, how couldn't, you know, so this is a dead end or it's only a thought. Mm. Um, that's another one. Those are definitely the ones I use a lot. Favorite word? I don't know if I have a favorite word. Yeah. I, again, I like them all. I like when they put together, you know, intelligent sentences. Yeah. yeah, I like sentences. Yeah. <laughs> you can't think of one word. You're like, that is a cool. We've had some really unique words on here. Things that I had to go look up on Google. Nothing. No, I don't know that I have one favorite word. I don't know. I, you know, they're, they're just a tool that you put together. And I guess, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. No favorite word. Okay, no favorite words or colors. That's all right. We're not. Hold on. My we're wife not, is saying something in the background. What is that? Oh, my wife says my favorite word is trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Gerard doesn't like one word. He likes sentences and yeah. affirmations. So trust me. It's a good one. Trust me. Okay. What fascinates you? Uh, everything. You know, Are you I'm flushing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Am I making you nervous asking you these questions? <laughs> no, no. This uh, is fun. What fascinates me? Yeah. I, you know, I like I like to be challenged. You know, in 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 work and in you know knowing that I can always do better, learn from what I've just done, and make it better. Yeah. What do you want to see change in the hair industry? Um, you know, I think, you know, as you've been saying all along is that, you know, there's no excuse. Um, I, I want people to take more personal responsibility for their success, for what they know, for what they don't know. Um, I think for people to realize, for hairdressers to realize that their career is in their own hands mm -hmm. and that's all it comes down to. You can, you can do what you can do as little as possible and maybe just put a little food on the table, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Or you can build whatever kind of career you want and end up employing dozens of people and leave your mark on the world. I just want people to realize that they're not trapped mm -hmm. in one of those things. Yeah, it's all oh, okay. I can't, can't make any more money. I can't make any, you know, that's actually not true. You can do anything you want, but you might have to do certain things. Yeah, maybe in your town, you can't charge $300 for a haircut. Are you willing to move someplace where you can? You can, you can do that. I know dozens, if not hundreds of people who've done it. Mm -hmm. So just realize that it's really all in your hands. Yeah. Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a, um, John Maxwell. Have you ever heard of him? 
He's like I, a leadership. Um, yes, 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 yes. He has a book. It's like the irrefutable laws of success. One of them is the law of trade-offs. And it talks all about that. It's like, yeah, you can do this, but you're going to have to trade it for something else. Right. So. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, what is a message to your peers? A message to my peers? Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite quote? My favorite quote is uh, resist much, obey little. Mm. The Walt Whitman quote. Who's the most influential person in your career right now? In my career right now? Mm -hmm. There's quite a few, but I mean, I always go back to Michael Gordon because of, you know, what he's done for me by introducing meditation. I think it's just made me so much better of a person that, you know, it's, it's really looming for me. Who has been your most impactful mentor in your career? In my career, you know, there's been so many like little ones along the way, whether it be Stephen Moody, you know, encouraging me to, uh, become an educator or later on, you know, working alongside Robert Cromines and learning about showmanship uh, working at Aveda with Antoinette Beenders and seeing what goes into the beauty of creating an image, um, working with Nick Arojo and understanding, you know, how you can build your own brand. Um, so I've had some really good ones. Yeah. And sure, I've been fortunate. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could go on vacation anywhere, where would you go? A beach? Uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. That's, that's our spot. Yeah. Kauai specifically, Hanalei Bay. Amazing. Last one. If um, who else should we interview on this podcast? Who do you think would be somebody good to talk about this kind of stuff? I Michael. Michael. Michael? Yeah, yeah, and I know he's definitely you know doing a lot more of this right now. So I would definitely put him on your list. Yeah, he sounds like somebody I need to meet and talk to. Well, anything else you want to add before we hop off? No, thanks for, you know, being interested and anybody that listens, you know, uh, you can get in touch with me uh, through Instagram is probably the easiest way. Gerard Scarpacy on Instagram, send me a DM if there's anything I can do to help you. Awesome. Well, thanks Gerard for spending this time with us. It was an awesome conversation. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. Hanging out. Thank you. All right. And we'll uh, put all the links below where you can find all the harebrained goodness. We'll click a link to uh, Gerard's Instagram and all that good stuff. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank Amazing. you very much. Thanks, Gerard.